friends and welcome to another brilliant episode of the Chair Shop Podcast with myself, uh, Townie Boy, and my uh, indefatigable co-host, Paul the Griffey Boy Griffin. Hello, Paul. I am, in fact, fatable, though, so... Oh, well, that is... <laughs> Indie fatable. Indie fatable, um, yeah. That'd be my, maybe my gimmick, if ever OTT are yeah. to give me a call, sign me up. Indie Fatable. Yeah, that could be an NXT name. Indie Fatable. Yeah. Although, although Bull Dempsey is working indie, so he's already the Indie Fatty Bull, isn't he? <laughs> Very good. Very good, sir. That is the kind of content you're going to be getting this week. That is the fucking quality shit we're bringing mm. without Barry to holding us back. Hook it to my veins. Um... Barry's in Germany, of course, at W X W uh the infamous German promotion. Yeah, he's there. It's an annual tournament. At sixteen carat, isn't he? Ooh, sixteen carat, which is ironic because I doubt Barry's eaten sixteen carrots in his life. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um yeah, he's over there having, you know, fun and japes and all That reminds me I didn't have any oh, vegetables today. Did I, I had some carrots this morning, actually. I'm safe. Yeah, yeah I've, been, I've, been, I've been eating vegetables every day for like Ooh. three weeks now. Oh, well done. Yeah. I mean, for some people, that's kind of a given. For me, it's like, I have to remember to eat vegetables today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So It is more effort because you don't really fancy them, whereas eating some crisps, quite easy to achieve because you just go, ooh, I want some crisps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I never say, oh, I'm in the mood for a celery. Yeah, it's kind of something yeah. you say. Well, hmm, I better have some of that on the plate. Make it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's your week been, anyway, Joe? Um, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, not massive amounts of report. Um, went out for a few drinks last night with work friends, which was good. Um, nothing massively notable except there was a man in the club wearing a Degeneration X T-shirt. Oh, really? Uh, it looked to be an original one as well, not quite old. Um, funny thing was, he was wearing like a sort of shirt over that, so you couldn't actually see the full logo. But I saw just from this little three-inch slither, I could tell it was a DX shirt. I was like, yeah, this guy, he's going into the Hall of Fame this year. Boom. Very good. I did um, see a video of you having a dance. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's on all the, on the Instagrams. I will say, um, very, very impressive. Spinning round. It's a while um, since I had a dance in a club. Oh well, you want to you want to get back out there? I I did once do the worm in a nightclub though. So. Oh well, yeah, of course. I'm sure most of us, most wrestling fans, have attempted that at some point. Yeah, I think I don't know that my knees would uh, allow for it. <laughs> the... More like the slug. <laughs> well, that's what they do call me when I go to the club. Oh, uh, Slugsy's <laughs> here. Here's old Slugsworth. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, that was back in my my more spry. God, I would have been like twenty when that happened. <laughs> yeah, wow. I never really liked nightclubs, though. Man. I must say, no. Partially the kind of red bully smell and general stickiness of it, and yeah. partially the crippling uh, loneliness. So, <laughs> listeners, you make yeah. up your mind. Yeah. And what I mean by that is <laughs> new action happening almost ever. Um, Ever, baby. That's when I was like relatively good looking. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're biased. You're, you're, of course, you're going to say. That. 
you were saying about old sluggy over here. <laughs> um, Nat is here having some takeaway food. What's in that? Cashew nuts yeah, with some chicken, chicken and rice. Mm. Very good. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I was that was it was it in a club or was that just like a? Uh, it was a bar with the dance floor. Right. So, clubbish. Mm. No, not like a, a dark sort of dingy nightclub. It was, no, you uh, weren't in um, Magaluf, for example. Um, no, not yet, unfortunately. Have you ever been there? Um, I have not been to Magaluf okay. or Shagaloof, as I believe it's also known. Um, well, I had, in, well, I had someone at work say to me this week that they had been to Magaluf and they couldn't believe how many English people were there. And I was saying to them, like, what did you expect? It's basically yeah, England. That's That's... What it is basically <laughs> just horrendous people in Everton shirts. <laughs> there was someone. The there show. was someone in an Everton jersey in the front row of NXT the last five weeks. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Although I must say he didn't look like he'd been was to Magaluf. Was it Theo Walker? Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's not usually busy. So. Why do he wear his kid to a wrestling show? Just <laughs> so, in, in, so that he gets recognised in hope of getting noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, deary me. Um, yeah, drinks. So, what was the occasion? You said it was a work do, was it? Just yeah, meeting up some work friends. That was good. Right. Then Michelle and I got a little McDonald's on the way home. Very nice. Um, unfortunately, well, I was absolutely pissing it down last night though. Um, so we only live about ten, fifteen minute walk from this place. Yeah. Um, but. We'd, so yeah, it was a bit too late to get a bus. The cab would have been taken longer to get there than it would have to walk. So it was like oh, I was just walking through the rain, but it was so, it was raining so hard that the McDonald's bag actually got like soaked through and started falling apart. Yeah, um, as we were walking, so that's unfortunate. Well, funny story. When we were in London, was it the last time we were in London? It was just pissing rain, and we got stuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 and. Um, yeah, we used to do the old when we because we used to stay in um, just off uh, St Pancras, and we used to go. There's a little McDonald's and Burger King up the road. We get some there. That was quite nice. I remember once uh, they fucked up my my quarter pounder order, though. I was very upset about it. I still mm. to the point that I still remember to this day. Yeah, still annoyed about that. And the Coke was all flat and rubbish. Oh, mate. Oh no! no Hopefully, no. the Mackey D's you had yesterday was a little bit better than that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it has been quite mad weather this week. It has up and down uh, over there. Up uh, and down yeah. like a nun's underwear. Oh, misses. Hmm. Um, sun, hail, wind, everything in between. We had in the space of like half an hour, would you say? Like rain, hail, snow, and sun today. Because mm. we were, it was my, it was actually not been, it's my my mother's birthday on, I don't know why I'm looking at my watch that I'm not wearing, uh, on <laughs> Tuesday of this week. So we went down for the weekend mm. and we just got the train back today. And when we, when we were getting the train from Leakslip, it was like cold and windy. Then on the train, it was like raining. Then when we got off the train, it started hailing really bad. And then it started snowing. We got on the next train, it started snowing. And then when we got to the house, it was fucking sunny. And it was... 
I mean, the cliche is the classic, you know, UK Ireland unpredictable weather, but this is fucking mm. ridiculous. Yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. So I don't even know. I don't know what the weather's like at the moment. Our blinds mm. closed here, so mm. I can't see out the window. Hopefully, as we come into the summer months, it gets a little bit better. Lousy, smart weather. Yes, yes. So as I said, was uh, we celebrated my mother's birthday there at the weekend, even though it's oh, good, good, on, good. on Tuesday, we said. So we bought, got some presents for and that. We went shopping on Saturday morning. And then we went out for a nice meal yesterday Ooh. in Carol's in Lucan. It was very good. Nice, nice. Uh, and then we that's where we saw Captain Marvel as well, which I'll talk to you about a little bit later. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, so we had nice, a nice couple of days down in Leakzip, down at the old haunt. Now we're mm. back, back here in Rohini. Um, enjoyed some football in the week, Joe? Did you? I did. I quite enjoyed what? There was a game what? in France between Man United and... Paris, as they're mm. called by the UEFA uh, video graphics, not Paris Saint Germain, but Paris. Oh. Uh, that was very satisfying, wasn't it? Oh, beat them in the last minute. Brilliant. That's good. That was good. I had I was streaming the match on our big projector screen here, and uh, as they're getting ready to take the last penalty, I I'm not afraid to say I was. On me knees, doing a little prayer. Ooh, baby! And then they scored as very happy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a very exciting. I had a feeling. I had a little feeling. Uh, was, sometimes. Yeah, I get it. It's strange. Yeah, there was a certain inevitability about it. <laughs> yeah. That I can't quite put my finger on, but from the moment we got the first two jammy goals. Yeah, it was kind of destined that that's what was going to happen. It's like, it's like that belief, because once you do score those goals, then PSG starts to think, oh shit, this could actually happen. And then it almost just sort of snowballs, takes on a life of itself. And it's like, well, the thing oh. with Paris Saint-Germain especially is that they've done it so... Well, yeah, it's the third a big, time in a row bunch of, uh, of bottlers. But it is yeah. almost a self-fulfilling prophecy in that because it's happened to them so often that when we got the two goals, mm. it's playing on the mindsets of the players that this usually happens to them. Like their manager was saying, "Oh, you know, don't, don't, don't yeah. uh, narrativize things. No, it's not real. It's it's a work, brother." <laughs> and yet <laughs> the players almost kind of couldn't help themselves, but get dragged into it. And anyway, Paris Saint Germain were knocked out of Champions League. Real Madrid were knocked out of Champions League. And uh, fuck, anyone can win it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't talk about today's football. Um, as that was bad. Ah, yes, too. We haven't got time. No. The schedule, unfortunately, we'll have to move on. <laughs> um, have you watched any good telly this week? Or? I don't think I've watched any telly. I mean, we're watching a show, yeah. uh, uh, an anime show called Fruits Basket, but I don't think anyone cares to listen about that. It's, it's quite good. Um, but, aside from that, I don't think so. I've not watched any... Um, I've not watched any Nirvana the Band this week because I've been watching too many movies. I've not watched any uh, The Grand Tour with okay. my uh, my, my right wing, um, you know, compatriots. And uh, today I'm in the Ferrari. And, you know, it's really good. Or is it? And then loads of, like, real fancy edits and really well-shot car stuff. And then he goes, 
and you know the Mexicans and all that. Uh, so I watched that. How did you watch it? I haven't watched any House of Hill House. I haven't House watched of the House Hills. No, I haven't watched any. Um, I haven't watched any Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh. I haven't watched any. I haven't watched any American Dad. I haven't watched any, no, no TV. But I believe you've been re-watching a little show called The Game of the Throne People. Yay! How far are you in? How far am I in? Oh, you've not been watching it, you said. No, you. You've been there. I thought you said you've been watching it as well. No. Oh, Paul. I've watched I've watched every episode once. That's enough. What? Yeah. No, because when you rewatch it, you see all the little bits, and you go, "Ooh." Because you you rewatched it last year as well, right? I rewatched it before every new season. Yeah. Right. So I've probably seen it seven seven or eight times. Um. Yeah. Rewatching only into sort of halfway through series two. Okay. Uh. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's um. Starts to all kind of blur together a little bit. The early seasons. Mm. Um, it's a very different show, but yeah, still, still good. Sort of some fun bits. So yeah, that's that's. Just what are your favourite so. little bits of the first two seasons then that people might have forgotten about? <clears throat> oh God, um, old Ned getting his head chopped off. <laughs> I think most people remember that one. I remember them forgotten that one. Um, there's a bit where Robert Baratheon's dying. And he's on his deathbed, yeah. Um, dictating a letter that Ned's writing, and he goes, "I, uh, Robert Baratheon, uh, titles, titles, you know, titles, titles. It's great. He keeps saying titles, titles, <laughs> and that really made me laugh. Um, that was good. Um, well, else goes on in there? The um, the old red woman, she's pretty scary in at the beginning. Mm. She gives birth to a big smoky black demon baby. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah." That was, and you can see it coming out. That was quite weird. You'd think that she would do that more often. That's quite a power to have, isn't it? Well, uh, only life can pay for death. Or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, but if you can have I a little think... smoke assassin come out, yeah? Yeah, That's very handy, isn't someone it? to impregnate her with the smoke baby. Yeah. And then it, it ages them. Hmm, I suppose. So like Stannis aged... 10 years or something after the smoke baby. Yeah, but just get someone real young to do it. They get eight, at least eight babies out. You need a king. You need a king's blood. Mm. It's one no, of those complicated spells, isn't it? Yeah. Um, is very funny as well. This is sort of before she gets traumatised and goes all mental. Yeah. With the faceless blokes. Uh, so that's good as well. The show was very different with Sean Bean in season one. I kind of pine for those it's, days because I, I it was thought quite he was jaunty. Yeah, well, he was just very good in it. You yeah, know? it was. It was good. He's, he's a bloody good actor, the Bean. He is the Beanie, Mister Bean. Yeah, I also liked that time he was papped with like a bag of Fosters or something. Oh yeah, big old uh, bag of cans. Yeah. That's quite good. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, been watching a bit of a show called Workaholics. 
on uh, Comedy Central. It's one of my, my favourite shows. What's it about? I started watching... It's this three blokes who work in uh, like a telesales uh, call centre. Uh, yeah. And they just get up to silly shit. Yeah. And there was a wrestling-themed one uh, in the start of season five, which was quite funny. Uh, and there was one all about pornos as well, which was really, really funny. Stars uh, Adam Devine. Or Devine. Yeah, Adam. Adam Devine, who is not the bloke out of Maroon 5, no matter. Nah, I think it is. How hard do you want it to be? I think it might be. And it is good, yeah? yeah? It's worth a watch? Oh, it's really funny. It's very, very funny. Okay, it's hold good. Okay, how many series? It's, ooh, it's already got seven seasons. How is that possible? I've never even heard of this show. Yeah, it's a sort of sleeper. Um, and all, all the seasons like, are quite short, except for one, which has got 20 episodes in it. Yeah, that's that was weird. Um, but a really good show. Yeah, it's been on for eight years. So it's a good one. They also did the three of them did like a film. The three main characters did a film on net for Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, Game over, man. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of. I've actually heard vein. of the film. I've not heard of the TV show. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's all okay. good. It's all really good. Because um, yeah. that that guy Adam. Uh, I won't try and pronounce his surname again but uh, he's someone who I see in movies quite a lot and I tell myself that I shouldn't like him that he's one of those one of those silly men one of those Adam Just Sandler type like late Adam Sandler type he was in dweebs. That, uh, the wedding dates one he was yeah with um Owl, Owl Sourface, whatever her name is, and the other Mike one. Mike and Dave need running day. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, whenever I see him, I can't kind of help and, but enjoy him. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he is very funny and he's very good. Yeah. I think previously discussed on the um, in the Discord chat, basically he is um, Jack Scrine's head on my body. That was uh, how we <laughs> described it. So if you can imagine such a horrific humanoid creature yeah um that's that's it and if you if you don't know who jack scrine is right imagine (laughs) (laughs) imagine a sort of big gappy toothed crocodile dundee um (laughs) indie fat indie fat ball (laughs) i would say imagine the the mascot from mad magazine Kind of grew up and fattened out. If that, if that shagged Harold from Neighbours, <laughs> maybe, maybe that drawn on a balloon. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, imagine that. Right. <laughs> um. Anyway, great show. I would recommend it to anyone. Let's give it a sort of try. Right. Let's you know, see, see if I can acquire this on some kind of uh, mm. Netflix or. Channel Four or one of them on demand. It's all uh, it's all currently on Now TV. If anyone's got that, you can watch it on uh, Now TV. God, there's so many telly guff to do. If you've got Comedy Central on one of your cable channels or whatever or some channel, then yeah, it's on there too. I've just got a tablet. That's all I have. Oh, just that's all I got in the world. Um, But anyway, would you say Game of Thrones? Thumbs up, down. Thumbs up the bim. And and even after seven rewatches, still holds up and still as good as ever, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
so so fun. Good. Are you excited for it to, to finally come to a conclusion then, or? Yeah, I think it's time. Mm. It's time to kind of you know wrap it up, and um, I think what's different about the early days is it doesn't kind of delve into the sort of broader mythology of like that the world, the you know, Game of Thrones world of Westeros and, and Essos and all of that, mm. um, which is what you really start to get into in the later seasons. So it's almost a bit like, okay, let's hurry up and get to that stuff. You know, the, the kind of bigger world building type stuff. And do you think the various spin offs are going to be successful? Um, that's a tricky one. Mm. Um, I did read one of the, the prequel books that he wrote that was I did enjoy a lot. It was quite different in tone from Game of Thrones. It was a bit more um, not child murdery and rapey. Right. <laughs> a bit more typical kind of fantasy or, you know, mm. sort of light fantasy. Well, uh, depending on your fantasy. Yeah. Uh, depending on what fantasy you like. I think they could be a success. I think it's far enough removed, but set in the same universe. But then again, look at like Star Wars. Because mm. I feel like a lot of the appeal of Game of Thrones is the the anticipation for how it's going to end. You know, I feel like a lot of people who have been yeah. watching it all these years haven't watched it to see who ends up on the throne. You know, whereas a spin off that doesn't have that kind of finish line i don't know if it'll have as many hangers on in the long term but i guess we'll see i guess we'll yeah see. yeah it's a, the story's to be told hmm. um if not watch any telly and uh, not listen to any music paul come on no i've not listened to any music You're letting the fans down they want the music reviews no back no, no, I know. just listen to podcasts doesn't really count as music Okay, yeah. I've been quite enjoying Conan O'Brien's podcast. So if people oh, are, right. aren't listening to that, it's worth it. Yeah, it's kind of, well, it depends if you're into Conan, Conan. O, into his kind of shtick, you know, his kind of yeah. very dry, quick wit, which I enjoy. Yeah. So if you enjoy Conan, you probably enjoy that. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was on the other week, which is one of my mm. one of my matches made in heaven, old Coco and the Goldblum. So I quite enjoyed that. Lisa Kudrow was on this week. It was very good as well. Yeah, fuck. That fuck is really great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't Have watched any video games. I have. I've played quite a few video games this week. Oh, tell us. Well, uh, last time I was in Leak Slip, I actually left my Nintendo Switch behind. So I haven't Ooh. been able to play my, my Switch, which I love uh, for the last three weeks so i finally went back mm. and got it picked it up have it with me now and i signed up to nintendo's uh online service which is 20 euros a year which is not too bad at all wow. and uh what that allows you to do is to play your games online with friends which, <laughs> which i have no fucking interest in doing um <laughs> but uh but what it does allow you to do is uh, two things. First of all, is a free download of a game called Tetris Ninety Nine, mm. which is a Tetris Battle Royal game. Which means you're playing Tetris against ninety eight other players, and um, when you fill out a line, it essentially sends sends a line to another player, 
and it's it's kind of a 99 player Tetris multiplayer free for all you know battle royale and it's very very fun very satisfying I'm not particularly good at it unfortunately um I think the highest I've ranked I've played I've probably played about 10 games of it the highest I ranked I think was 31st out of 99 um and I've been watching some videos online of people who've been playing it and there there's some fucking really good Tetris players out there I'm not one of them unfortunately but um <laughs> It's really, really fun. So I would nearly say it's... It, I, w- I would nearly pay €20 Euro for it anyway, alone, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a very, very good kind of pick-up-and-play game. You pick it up, you play a few rounds of it um, while you're on the bus or on the train or whatever. It's very, very good. Although you do need, like I said, a, an internet connection. Um, ah. Yeah, have your phone as a hotspot or use the internet the free Wi-Fi or whatever. Um, but it's really, really, really great. It's, it's such a simple game, such a simple idea, but it, it works really well. It's very, very satisfying. Uh, I also have been playing a game which I purchased for the Nintendo Switch, which is called Ape Out, which is made by Devolver Digital. And it's uh, a top-down game, it, kind of in the mold of hotline miami in which you control a gorilla and you have to escape um captivity from various environments uh it's very again a very simple game the controls are basically left stick to move right stick to kind of aim and then your left and right bumpers left to grab and right to throw out your arms and essentially you're, you're running around environments uh beating people into little bloody pulp messes. Um, and it's a while since I've played as satisfying a game because, number one, the soundtrack is, is this kind of 50s jazz drum uh, yeah. influence. Let me see if I can boot it up here and give you a taste of how it sounds. Um, taste. And uh, as you knock enemies into walls and as you kill enemies it will make a like a cymbal crash. Mm. So as you're p- killing enemies, you have this drum, underlying drum beat going, and it's just... And it's just so fucking satisfying to play and to kill enemies in. Oh, it's great. Um, it is difficult, but the levels are so kind of short that you don't mind to play through them like 10 times. Like, I... One of the early levels, I I got right to the end and died maybe Mm. five times in a row. But you don't feel so punished because you're not being sent back that far. You just have to redo the one little level, right? Yeah. Um, And the visual style is also super stylized. It's uh, if you if you Google image ape out Nintendo Switch. it looks super, super good as well because the walls kind of stretch all the way up to where the camera is looking down from. And it's it's kind of... It's not realistic graphics at all. It's kind of mono, monotone Im- mm. like images, you know? Um, but super, it's this out on PC as well, by the way. If anybody doesn't have a Switch, has a PC instead. Um, so here we go. Here's, here's a level here, right? I don't know. Can you pick up the noise of it there? Mm. 
So there's not many enemies around here, unfortunately. Ooh. Oh, I got killed. There's an idea of, of how it kind of sounds. Um, super, super good. I'm really, really enjoying it so far. I know it's very early in the year, but probably my favorite game I've played so far this year. Um, and also with Nintendo Switch Online, you unlock uh, a range of NES games. So I was playing like Mario Brothers 3. Uh, I was playing a little bit of the original Legend of Zelda. Um and that's that's you know another another reason. That. So for twenty for twenty euro you get Tetris ninety nine for free, the ability to play your games online, which again I don't really have any interest in doing, and these NES games, which are very fun. I've also bought Undertale on Switch, which hopefully I'll get a chance to play over the next weeks and months. Um, haven't played any Minish Cap this week. I'll have to get back to that. And mm. I also, of course, haven't played any Red Dead Redemption. I have to get back to that as well. Oh, gosh. But, uh, it's nice to have the Switch because I can play it in bed, whereas the the SNES Mini and the PS4 I have to go all the way downstairs and set it up and sit on, oh. sit on the couch and play. <laughs> so Nintendo Switch, I'll just play in bed. I'll play some Ape Out tonight and maybe some Tetris as well. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. all the games for this week. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on to movies then, as is customary. Mm. Uh, save the, the best guff for, for last uh, before we get on to wrestling. Yeah. So have you seen any movies this week? I've not. I've just been watching Game of Thrones and a few other shows, but uh, what have you got for us, Paul? I've watched quite a few movies, Joe. I watched okay. four movies this week. Uh, wow. One of them as recommended by yourself. Okay. So uh, we start off with... I've watched two documentaries. I, I sent a tweet out this week asking for recommendations for good documentaries to watch expecting like one or two replies right i think i've been recommended like 13 documentaries i don't have time to watch them all i watch as many as i can (laughs) um people were very active in in recommending me documentaries so if you want to do the twitter numbers that's what you have to do right so i've already downloaded a few of the movies that people have recommended to me the ones that are on netflix at least and the ones that are very easy for me to obtain uh, so the first one I watched was not one that was recommended to me. It was actually recommended to me by somebody I know in real life who I work with. It's called Behind the Curve. Mm. Behind the Curve is on Netflix, and it's a documentary yeah. about flat earthers. Yes. Have you seen it? No. I've, I've seen it pop up and was somewhat intrigued. Right. Um, but I kind of worried I would just be annoyed by it and not really learn a lot. Um, it's funny because I, having watched it, I don't really think it's so much about flat Earth. Like it doesn't get very deep into the theories behind it. It's more about the people. It's more about the flat Earthers themselves than the the flat Earth theory itself. Um. And, I mean, I think they could have very, very easily made the same movie about any kind of conspiracy theorists. Mm. Um, because what, what the movie is ultimately about is um, these kind of outsiders or these people on the fringes of society who, mm. you know, through a shared belief, find belonging and find each other. And that's kind of what the movie really is about. Um, right. 
like it has scenes of uh, this convention that they go to and people are, are giving talks and this guy, Mark Sargent, who's like known as one of the, you know, the king of the flat earthers, whatever. He's, mm. he's like signing autographs for people and he, he's so happy. And yeah. And again, yeah, you, you, it's kind of sad in the sense that without this, without the belief that they apparently have, these people would really not have any sense of belonging to anything, you know? Mm. Um, and although the film kind of st- starts at least with the framework of it being a- about flat earth and flat earthers, it- it's-, it's really more about the, the people. And, um, it's quite funny because the- the- their belief is almost at odds with what they know to be, you know, real and so on. There's just one guy who do- who's doing experiments to prove that there's no curve to the earth and, yeah. uh, his experiment fails and rather oh, than rather well, weird that rather than to say, oh well, that pro- that disproves my own theory. He tries to find narratives to explain why the experiment failed, mm-hmm. and that in fact it means the Earth is flat. You know, um, now in terms of it being a, like a film or a documentary, like it, was, it was it's fine. It's very short, and like I said, it doesn't go into any real great detail. Nor are there really any kind of twists or turns to the story or any kind of bigger ideas that you know will have you pondering days after watching it's it's very kind of surface level and Mm. it's kind of simple um and i think i think i did get more out of the the questions about like how these people fit into society and what their place is in the world rather Mm. than like the flat earth stuff itself because like I said that was all kind of surface level and kind of simple mm. um, I mean I think I think it's worth a watch it's it's fairly it's it's fine you know I, I, I don't think it was a, a great watch by any means but I didn't think it was bad either yeah it was a very okay. easy watch I'll say that much I won't stick it on a very easy watch but like I said it, it won't have you I don't think it, it'll convince many people to become flat earthers <laughs> themselves um uh yeah it was fine it was okay Okay. um i then watched a movie that you spoke about last week on the podcast called three identical strangers which i watched on um channel four's on demand app yeah as we discussed yeah yeah and having watched the two fire festival documentaries last week and now the Flat Earthers one. Uh, Three Identical Strangers felt like the first real documentary of substance. (laughs) Yeah. Because I I found after watching Three Identical Strangers, like, fuck, who who gives a fuck about the Fire Festival? Like, it's so unimportant and stupid. Who cares about Flat Earthers? Like, this was a film that had a real kind of tension to it and a real... God, I, I, it, ma- it made me feel like um, listening to Serial felt like for the first time, you know, that there was a real, there was, yeah. not only was it an interesting topic, but there was a real cleverness to kind of the narrative drive, like the, the pacing yeah. of it I thought was very good. And actually, I kind of feared that it, it had peaked a bit too early. Mm. Um, so as, as you said last week, just for people who, who don't know, Three Identical Strangers is uh, about these two adopted brothers who come to find out that they were separated at birth and, do- and adopted by different yeah. families. 
uh, and then that makes the news, and then a third brother um, is yeah. revealed, and and these kind of triplets get very famous very quickly, and it goes from there. Um, now the film does have kind of an underlying plot to it like at, at face value that's what the film is about but as, as like, like you said last week as well there's something more at foot although that's that's something more is revealed like 45 minutes in and i was thinking oh have they kind of revealed this too early or but actually the revelations kind of keep on coming right through the film uh, and in fact i thought it was very well paced um yeah i mean they do hold sort of information back to create that narrative it's not like a <laughs> they don't pull the kind of wares up front um to, to let you know what's going on but it, in that sense it actually tells the story really effectively and in, i yeah. guess in the same way that if you were one of the sort of protagonists of the documentary that's how you would have found out uh kind of what was going on yeah so it was it, it, it took you through their eyes in a way yeah i i, I found it very very compelling um especially because you have like the the story being told by people who are directly involved rather than it being kind of an analysis told from afar you know um that being said there were some moments in it that i thought were a little bit exploitative Mm. um particularly where they are shown without spoiling what the movie's about they're showing footage to the the twins and uh, it's like they're they're finding out something themselves for the first time, and the the fact yeah. that that was done on camera for the documentary did feel a little exploitative to me. That's quite weird because it didn't do that that much, and no. then suddenly it would it would do it, and it was like, I'm just a bit, bit and even because because they are interviewed separately, and then I don't think it spoils any, anything to say that there is eventually uh, a payoff where they sit down together, and even that to me felt a little bit exploitative. Um, yeah. But that being said, I thought the film was, like I said, very compelling, very interesting, really well uh, paced, really well told, uh, and right up mm. to right up until the end, I was kind of hooked by it. I think it's yeah, I think it's the best of the documentaries I've seen since I started kind of watching them. So very, very good recommendation, yes. one that I would recommend myself for people to watch. Pass it on. Very, very, very good. Um, and I mean, aside from the. The story, uh, as we said, the underlying story. I even found just the story of these triplets getting very famous and dealing with that like super interesting as well. Yeah, that was that was quite quite interesting too. Because they're kind of like on talk shows and they open up their own club. And it, from my yeah, point of view, obviously looking back at it, we know how it kind of turned out. But even looking back on the footage, it seems very obvious that like the bubble's going to burst very quickly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. How too much, too soon. Interested in. In these triplets yeah yeah um but very very good very very good very good uh i then watched beauty and the beast the 2017 version oh the unnecessary live action remake yeah that's the one um so last week i talked about the 1991 animated version which i i, I quite like i don't think it's that great it's certainly uh very efficient there's no flab on there. It's not indefatigable. Um, but, you know, of course, has like great songs, has an excellent Angela Lansbury performance. Mm. Uh, the 2017 one, 
kind of fails on all of those points. Um, in that it's it's forty five minutes longer than the original, mm. and there's a lot of flab in there. <laughs> there's a lot of flab. So to give 45? you forty five, why would it be so much longer? Well, the original is ninety minutes. This yeah. remake is like two hours fifteen. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So to give you an, a, an idea, right? I assume you've seen the cartoon. Yeah. Right. At the start, you have the like stained glass window telling of like, there was a young prince, and one day uh, an old woman came during a rainstorm and said, "Can I have shelter, please?" And offered could only offer a rose, and the young braggadocious prince said, "Get away from here, old hag!" And so she she cur- cursed him and the castle that he should become a beast and that everyone would turn into like utensils and stuff mm. uh, hard cut modern day town right or not modern day but you know the little french town right here you have a fucking seven minute scene of like a, a dance in the castle and the hag comes and i'm like why are we see- why is this so long and why are we seeing this just tell us yeah. in a o- voiceover that that's the backstory Oh, I, at that point I already knew oh this is going to be one of those films where every little thing is going to be stretched out ten times as long mm. um, that, so that's one problem I have with it is that it's so much longer right uh, I feel like a lot of the performances aren't bad per se but I think a lot of people are miscast in it so Emma Watson who I don't really have any problem with is kind of she doesn't really fit the role. I can't quite put my finger on why that is, but she doesn't come off as um this kind of like this kind of perfect quote unquote princessy role, you know? Um I think the Belle character is a little bit more fleshed out in this than she is in the cartoon though. Like they give her more to do than just like books. But Emma Watson for whatever reason, I kind of struggle to buy her in the role um dan stevens who i like in the guest and apostle uh mm. again doesn't really work as the beast i i think he, he he's his voice is a little too high-pitched for it as is luke evans as gaston um so he never kind of sounds intimidating he's just got this kind of proper english accent uh which is i guess what they were going for but he doesn't come off as intimidating or scary. And in fact, the the Beast um, character design doesn't look intimidating <laughs> or mm. ferocious. Like, I think they, they went too, hard, like, too far on the side of having him be a kind of Twilight-y, like Twilight-esque werewolf hunk rather than being actually a scary monster, which is what he's ultimately supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't really like uh, Emma Thompson as the Angela Lansbury uh, Mrs. Potts. Um, I understand that Emma Thompson is in fact uh, English, but she puts on like a, a an exaggerated Dick Van Dyke English accent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't really like it. Um. Uh, what else? Uh, a lot of CGI was horrible. <laughs> like, really fucking bad. Really horrible CGI in it. Um, mm. 
so yeah, I I didn't think it was I didn't think it was much good at all. I do I do think it suffers from being compared to the original though. Like if this was the first adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, I, I would say you know it's a good story and it's told quite well. Yeah. But I think everything the cartoon does kind of nailed it first time. Mm. Um, in terms of like the brevity of it, which you know I don't think um kids movies let's say should be longer than 90 minutes i think it's the perfect length for them um the characters were all done better in the original like they're all voiced better yes the and i think anyway when you go from cartoon to live action uh there's a lot you can do in cartoon form that you just can't do in live action so like take for instance the gaston song scene where he's fucking chewing on a belt and spitting it out, and <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't do any of that in live action. So it's it's all kind of not dumbed down, but it's all kind of more plain and more simple, <laughs> and so it's less exaggerated and therefore less kind of funny and less less um uh, less less um what's the word I'm looking for. Just worse, I guess. <laughs> just, just less, just, more worse. Just yeah. le- more, less good. Um, yeah. So ultimately, I did. I didn't really. I didn't really enjoy it that much. I didn't really enjoy it that much. So give that no thumbs down. Give it a miss. Um, this, this is what's strange about. Obviously, they're remaking all these old classics, but obviously they're not going to remake. Uh, the shit animated features that Disney did. They're not going to remake uh, what was that one? Treasure Planet or whatever it was called. You know, They're not going to remake the random ones from the 50s that weren't any good. Yeah. So they're, they're going to... All these movies are compared to some of their greatest ever work. Some of the greatest ever pieces of cinema. Yeah. So what... There's never a chance that they're going to be... Well, I mean, they've done already now Jungle Book, obviously. Which actually, I thought that remake was quite good. Um, they've done Alice in Wonderland. Tim mm. Bur- was that Tim Burton did it? Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, because he, he's doing Dumbo as well. That's also Tim Burton. That's coming out soon. They've done. Um, what other live action ones have they done already? I know they have Lion King coming out. They have Aladdin coming. Out. I tell you, Aladdin is going to... Not a single person is going to say that Aladdin um, works. <laughs> because Aladdin, I think Aladdin especially, more so than the other ones, is kind of a Robin Williams vehicle. <laughs> and the fact that he's not in it just is not yeah. going to work. Whereas Lion King, at least they've just like, you know, cast James Earl Jones again. Which kind of is like, well, what's the point of doing it again? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. At least with Dumbo, like I, I don't think I don't particularly like how Dumbo looks, but I like that they're they seem to be, uh, kind of moving away from the original. It, like it doesn't seem like a like an actual plot for plot remake of the original. It seems like they're taking a different kind of twist with it. Whereas yeah. Be- Beauty and the Beast was very close to the original to the point that there are like some lines that are just copied and pasted directly from the original one um but yeah it it just doesn't work it just doesn't work it's too long the stuff that's added is not good like i i'm all for 
when you're remaking a movie is maybe having different or extra scenes in it to make it like its own thing but the stuff that they add is just unnecessary and pointless um so i give it a thumbs down and then i watched uh just out this week actually the new the 21st marvel film in the marvel cinematic universe captain marvel starring brie lar oscar winner brie larson Mm, yeah yeah uh along with Sam Jackson and Jude Law, who I didn't realize was in it until I was in the cinema watching it. Um, so where to begin? <laughs> so Captain Marvel tells the story of Carol Danvers, I think is the character's right. name, yeah. who is a Kree warrior who... Um, starts having these kind of visions of a past life question mark slash future life question mark on Earth, which is not known as Planet C fifty three. And um, during a failed mission, she finds herself kind of escape potting off to work or to work to Earth. And um, she, it's like for the first hour, it's kind of like a fish out of water comedy in the sense of something like Thor, right? Like the the, the first Thor movie when he's like what is a window and stuff. It's like that kind of comedy, right? Um she because it's set in the 90s, she meets up with a CGI de-aged uh Sam Jackson. Mm. And also uh Agent Coulson, I don't know what the actor's name is, but uh he's also de-aged in it. And then the movie kind of turns into a, a buddy cop movie for a while. Uh, certain things are revealed, which I won't get into. And uh, and then finally at the end, it's kind of tied up into the MCU in, in a neat little, little bow. So, what I liked about the movie, first of all, I kind of liked all the performances in it. I liked Brie Larson. I thought she was a very good Captain Marvel. Mm. she was kind of believable in the role and she was like funny and she was heroic and kind of ticked all the boxes I thought Sam Jackson was very good in it mm. um, I've never been a person who was who's really been kind of put off by the CGI Uncanny Valley that's never mm. really bothered me I know there's some people who get very bothered by it but I've never really minded it uh, I thought Sam Jackson was very good in it. Very funny as well. Um, and Jude Law, I quite enjoyed as well. He's kind of a little bit more hammy in the role. He's like her superior, I guess, in her little yeah. like squad. Um, so I thought the performance as well very good. Uh, and now for the stuff I didn't like about it. Um <laughs> I, one thing I don't like about the Marvel movies generally is that, it, and this is kind of a complaint, which which is you can link to WWE in a sense, is that mm. because Guardians of the Galaxy was so successful, um, they're just all kind of sarcastic, uh, you know, the, the comedians. Like they all have the same voice. It yeah. used to just be, you know. Uh, Iron Man and Star Lord, right? Were your kind of 
sarky, witty characters. And then that kind of worked in Guardians. And so uh, then, hmm. then, then, like, Thor is that now. And Captain America is that now. And Captain Marvel is that now. Doctor Strange is, and you know everybody has. Everybody is now funny and and witty. Um, and so Captain Marvel also falls into that trap of of she just being another Star Lord. Um. Also, there's a lot of noise in the background there. Someone's banging some stuff. Um. Oh yeah. Also, uh, the the plot, the film, it just isn't very good. Um. Yeah. It kind of feels like a God. I don't know if you ever watched like. Do you remember on on Sky One before the rest of them would come on? You'd have like Star Trek Deep Space Nine or something. Yeah, and you have Stargate, like the, all the all the wacky aliens, and that it feels like an episode of that. You have a lot of aliens in it who are just like green men with pointy ears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it definitely felt a little bit like a filler MCU movie. Um, and yeah, a lot of the dialogue's not particularly good. A lot of the jokes just don't land. Um, and ultimately, in the scheme of things, it, it just doesn't feel very important. Uh, especially when it's coming out a month before, like Endgame. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it was one of the weaker Marvels. In fact, I I, I would even have it below the kind of mid tier ones like your Doctor Strange and your Ant Man. Oh, I think yeah, I, I think I put it like I have a list of them here. I think I put it at where did I my best to worst Marvel? So it's been twenty one. I put it number seventeen. Woof. Yeah, that's full. It is poor. I gave I gave it a four out of ten. A four out of ten. Yeah. Damn. I, see, I don't know whether it's just like fatigue of those movies, but like I really liked Infinity War, for example. Yeah. And I I didn't really like Ant Man and the Wasp, and I I think I like this one. I think I liked it more than Ant Man and the Wasp, but not by much. It's maybe mm. around the same level. Uh, I just yeah, I just, just was kind of disappointed by it. it. It's it doesn't really do much new. Um, yeah, I, I like I don't want to talk about the plot because again, a lot of people haven't seen it yet, and it um, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything for them. But plot wise, yeah, it feels like you know retreading old ground for the tenth mm. time. Um, there is a MacGuffin, of course, as there always is. Yeah. And uh yeah, and then ultimately at the end my fear was when I first heard about it that Captain Marvel would be like a little bit overpowered. Mm. And then she's just yeah, she is a bit. <laughs> when you have a character that powerful, it's kind of like well, whatever happens then, who kind of gives a shit when you can just have I don't know, like you remember Man of Steel when there was Zod, and then like, who gives a shit when Superman mm. can just fucking punch through buildings and stuff? It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's like, well, if if your character is is basically impervious and and invincible, what matters? Because <laughs> there's no stakes really. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I I would say a huge disappointment was Captain Marvel. Oh, that's a yeah, shame. I didn't. I I I wouldn't say I didn't like it at all. Um, but it's poor. It's poor. 
uh, I think it's again like behind the curve. I think it's an easy watch, um, and especially for a Marvel movie, it's not very long. It's like two hours five minutes, I think. Um, and it is funny. A lot of the comedy lands; some of it doesn't land, as I mentioned, but it is funny. But I, I, I was still classified at this point. Mm. So there you go, Captain okay. Marvel. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm. I just didn't think. Of it. I thought. In fact, I've kind of, I've kind of gone back on this. I, I think I kind of have warmed to it. But when, when the film ended and we were sitting in the cinema, asking each other like, "What did you think of that?" I thought it was a bit rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> now I've kind of warmed to it a little bit when I think of the stuff that I liked in it. Like I said, I think the performances are good, especially for yeah. the main three. And I think that, um, I think it is funny. As I said, there is a, there's a post credit scene, of course. Uh, and I don't think it's spoiling anything to say that it does kind of link it somewhat to the upcoming end game. Uh, but the scene is like the worst part of the entire movie. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I will say I'll say no more than that. Except that uh, they would probably want to start. Because you know the way with with the end of Infinity War, right? There's been talk, obviously, about well, are they going to start rebooting some of these franchises, right? Mm. I tell you, mate, they'll want to because based on the post credit scene of Captain Marvel, they're all fucking fifty now, anyway. So, Jesus, <laughs> some of them are so fucking old looking. Good lord. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. So, Captain Marvel, at at most, a thumbs in the middle. At worst, uh, a thumbs down. Thumbs down. Wow. Yeah, controversial. It's done very well at the box office. It, well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, the cinema we saw it in was fairly busy, and I I would say it it, it will get mostly positive reviews. And like I say, I th- I think that Brie Larson as the titular kind of Captain Marvel is is a very good superhero, and especially yeah. because she's like a, a, a female superhero, I think she's really good at that. The problem is is that the film around it is not good. In the way that Wonder Woman was, you know? Yeah. Which is a shame. Like, I wish they had put more effort into making it feel important. Like they did with, yeah. like, Black Panther, for example. Yeah. Rather than... I think the fact that it's kind of the first female-led Marvel movie uh, is kind of... Maybe takes the focus away from the fact that they just didn't actually mm. put, put that much effort into making it a good movie. Mm. Which it should have been. But oh well. So yeah, there you go. There's the movies I watched this week. Okay. Um. So all that's left to talk about is the uh, little world of professional wrestling. Mm. Lots um, of news this week. Quite quite a bit of news this week. Yeah. Um. Firstly, uh, Ronda Rousey's been shooting on the <laughs> Twitter.com. Pew uh, Turns out it's all fake. But she's really gonna beat up Becky when she sees her. So, what do you think of that, Paul? Yeah, <laughs> excited for that. Uh, I'm kind of in two minds on it, honestly. Yeah, I'm kind of in two minds about it because the 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 more logical part of my mind says that this is this is stupid. Yeah, you know the classic. 
you know, Walter White on Breaking Bad never looks at the camera and goes, you know, this is fake, brothers. But <laughs> this is fake, but I'm really gonna kill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, what's his name? <laughs> Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Yeah. I mean, although with with House of Cards, didn't um, old Diddle McGee look in the camera a few times and? If he doesn't go, oh, I'm not really Frank Underwood, I'm Kevin Spacey. <laughs> no, he does the opposite. He does that video after he's been yeah, fired. Exactly. And go, I'm still <laughs> Frank Underwood. <laughs> he shot himself into a work. I'm in my kitchen. Mm. To be frank. Yeah, yeah I, I don't... Why are they doing this? It seems silly. Well, this is the other side of it, right? Is that people are talking about it, and if it makes business it makes sense or whatever that phrase is so you know people are hearing about it but people are also talking about Meltzer claiming he knows more about leukemia than Roman Reigns but I don't think that is that good for business I didn't even have that on the list (laughs) yeah well I don't think we need to go I think Dave Dave, Dave, Dave Meltzer need to go way off Twitter for a while he's he's, uh, worked himself into a shoot brother um yeah, I don't, I don't. Obviously, whole worksheet thing is stupid, and it, it, I don't know what. I thought Todd uh, Martin made a very good point about it. Yeah. On Twitter, where he said that the point, you know, a worksheet works when the suspension of disbelief is elevated. Um, now he didn't make this. He didn't make this uh, link, but for me, the the quintessential example of that is the the first Brock Lesnar Cena match at Extreme Rules 2012. Yeah. Where Brock, you know, took him down, elbowed him in the head within a second, busting wide open. And there was like a sense of like danger, you know? Yeah. Uh and they didn't even they didn't even say he was fake then. They just did it. Do you know? Mm. Um whereas this is kind of the opposite. Yeah, I I don't understand the benefit in saying what we do is fake, but I'm real. <laughs> you know, it's classic 99 WCW golf. Like. Mm. Yeah, and it was it had a real kind of appeal to it anyway. Why Why do I need to add in this this dimension to it? I mean, the, the worst bit was when she tweeted, like, Rebecca Quinn. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Ba- Barry tweeted... Um, and I got, got a good, good laugh at me where he was like, oh, they're using real real names that mean it is real. <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, to me, to me, that was worse than even the, you know, WWE is fake, but I'm real. Like, uh, I, I've always hated the the real name means this is real. Yeah. Uh, Phil, Brooks, Phil Brooks, Paul Levesque. Oh, Jesus Christ, fucking hell. Um, yeah, anyway, and then we're still a few weeks away from WrestleMania, so I assume it's only going to get worse. You know, I think this will be the first WrestleMania I don't watch live since, like, God, WrestleMania 26 or something? Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm going to stay up and watch it. I don't really care this year. No. I d- and there's not, I can't think of anything else particularly exciting on the card that I'm looking forward to. You know, you can think other years there was some real kind of anticipation uh, for, you know, people returning or like, you know, 
Sting debuting or kind of big matches. But what is there this? Year? I mean, apart from this. Well, I mean, yeah, we're le- we're less than a month away now, right? And we still only have three matches made. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, which I don't think they've even started properly building yet, have they? Then you have uh, Ro- what is at the moment Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, but will will of course have Becky Lynch in it, uh, yeah. and then Buddy Murphy versus tournament winner of Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Yeah. I mean, obviously, fast lane is tonight, so we'll know maybe by... If they pull some real rabbits out of the hat, it could be good. But at the moment, you can't really think what they're going to do to, you know, raise the stakes on this card. I mean, and also we're going to have, of course, uh, Triple H Batista. (sighs) (laughs) You know, the, the requisite 25 minute Triple H match. The, yeah, the big match, big match feel. Yeah, the big slow match feel. Big, big match, Paul. Um, yeah, so, uh, WrestleMania still to TBC. Mm. Um, speaking of acronyms, R.I.P. Uh, King Kong Bundy. He died this week. Very he sad. Uh, wasn't that old? No, that's the thing that uh, the classic thing that people always get like surprised by was. How old he was at WrestleMania two? Yeah, he was uh, thirty or something. <laughs> well, WrestleMania two was in what year? Hang on, let me look this up here. WrestleMania two yeah, was in eighty six. Eighty six. Five. November fifty five. So he would have been yeah thirty. Thirty. Yeah. He looked. He looked about fifty five in that match. <laughs> People looked older in the old days. They did. It's just, it's just you know, like Hulk Hogan. He was only. 35 at the time or something like that in fact even no he was only 32 Hulk god yeah. I was 32 and 30 Jesus Christ like remember how they look right 32 and 30 yeah. Finn Balor is 37 <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing like but, uh, like Ricochet yeah. Is the same age King Kong Bundy was in that match. Wow, it's mad, isn't it? Um, so anyway, very sad. Um, yeah, not not many memories of Bundy other than the. Uh, no, it's kind of weird. Like looking at his legacy, it's kind of weird that he was even in that match because he was never, at least in WWF, he was never pushed as that big a star. No, it was, it was very brief, I think, for just when Hogan needed an, an, an opponent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was pretty good. He, he was, you know, certain charisma. Interesting um, interesting thing for you here, right? I'm looking at his, his Wikipedia page here, King Kong Bundy. Ring names. Big Daddy Bundy. Daddy Bundy. Boom Boom Bundy. Boom Boom Bundy. Chris Canyon. He wrestled us. No. Yeah. Okay. And Man Mountain Cannon Jr., which I do like. Yeah, he debuted in 1981 wrestling for the WWF under the name Chris Canyon. Okay, interesting. Hmm. Weird that. Uh, also dying this week is, was the Destroyer. <laughs> yep. Uh, who I have even less memories about than King Kong Bundy. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I couldn't really tell you anything about the destroyer. No, I, I, I have a friend, right, who in our little back garden wrestling used to wrestle under the name the destroyer, and we all uh, laughed at him because we thought it was a stupid which, name. Which one came first? I think I think it was close. Was it? Gimmick, gimmick infringement. Well, let me think here. My friend probably started wrestling as a destroyer in probably the year 1999. So let me think. Uh, the the Dick uh, Bear started wrestling as the destroyer in mm, the 1960s. Yeah, I think he probably just about beat us. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, so he wrestled all over the world. And at a mask. So. Yeah, he was one of those more famous early masked US wrestlers. Yeah. Where they have the mask where you can just kind of see their face. Yeah, that, that old fashioned mask that you but, never see anymore where the eyes and nose and mouth are cut out. Yeah. Somewhat rendering the mask a little bit uh, insubstantial. I don't know why that was but the, you know the mis- mis- Mr. Wrestling as well yeah yeah strange that um yeah well R.O.P. the Destroyer as well yeah uh in other news Tory Wilson's going into the WWE Hall of Fame <laughs> <coughs> what are you laughing at what's uh, that's quite a segue that's quite a segue she's got a great career and um if you think back of all the sort of classic uh right give me all your, the classic, give me your yeah, top your top uh, three Tory Wilson memories then. Right. Um. She went out with Billy Kidman. Yeah. She had that bra and panties match at Invasion. Correct. With Stacey Keebler in Lita and Trish. Yeah. And. I know her dad was Al Wilson, but I wasn't watching the product at the time, so I don't really remember that. So that doesn't really count. Um, yeah, and then she came back in the Rumble last year, so... Yeah. Good stuff. Well done, Tori. Mm. Yeah, Tori Wilson. A... Did she go out with George Clooney? Or was that... No, that, no, was, that, was, that was Keebler. That was Keebler. Uh, Tori Wilson was married to Billy Kill. Billy Kidman, and then she, oh, then boy. she got. Wasn't she married to like A Rod, the the baseball player? Oh yeah, um, yeah, probably. I don't know what she did since then. Well, let's get the Tory. Fair enough. Let's get the Tory Wilson Wikipedia page up here. Tory Wilson, age forty three. God, he's not that old. That's the age King Kong Bundy was at WrestleMania two. Ah, she never did it in wrestling. She she did. She wasn't even the WWE Women's Champion back then. Yeah, she never won that. She is, however, she did win the Golden Thong Award in two thousand and two, and then the Hall of Fame. That's it. That they're her only achievements in wrestling. I remember that go- that uh, Golden Thong Award thing. They did that in like WWF New York, where they all would walk around with their asses out. 
she got an award for it. Uh, to be fair, she probably deserves. The, the beginnings of the women's revolution. Yeah. Uh, right there. I remember when she came in as well. She wasn't she with like Tajiri for a while, and she it was like an abusive boyfriend gimmick. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't really remember that, to be honest. Uh, he made her like dress up in geisha clothes or something, if I'm remembering that right. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, a really odd storyline. And then, yeah, you, of course, had the Al Wilson, Don Marie stuff on SmackDown. Where, uh, Al, you know, this, this was edited out off the Sky One morning one that I used to watch. But Al Wilson died of a heart attack off after having the good sex with the Don Marie. Well, yeah. That's how he would have wanted it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way he would have wanted to go out in the end. So there you go. Hall of Fame, Tory Wilson. Yep, congrats. Yeah. Um, sure that'll be a thrilling uh, induction speech. Wonder who'll induct her, maybe Stacy Keebler, surely. Yeah. Or if they can't get her Sure bring Al Wilson back. <laughs> B- Billy Kidman maybe. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <sighs> Is she married at the moment? Let's see. Peter Peter Kidman. Divorced. Oh, then she was then she was with Mitch from the Spirit Squad. Remember him? Oh, okay. Oh, mate. Billy Kidman and Mitch. She could have done better than them, surely. Mitch! He was the Mitch was like the worst one. <laughs> Mitch. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> Mitch from the Spirit Squad, by the way, has a, a mixed martial arts record. Does he? Uh, of, z- of zero and one. <laughs> uh, he lost against current UFC heavyweight Derek Lewis by knockout in one minute 33 seconds of the second round. Should there you go. Uh, that was in 2010, so that was nearly a decade ago now. Right. Uh, uh, what else is going on? Well, sadly, Tommaso Ciampa going to be oh, out yeah. for a very long time. Because he's after getting neck surgery. Yeah, it seems pretty major neck surgery as well. Yeah. It's a sort of shame. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess he's got, you know... Work a very hard hitting style. Yeah. All of those, um, all those moves on the apron, the uh, the brain busters on the outside. Oh, mm, that's takes its toll. I do think that the one kind of silver lining of it is that I think Champa had been a little bit overexposed as the kind of face of NXT lately. I mean, it's not a silver lining for him, but yeah. It'll kind of freshen up at least the uh, the NXT TV for the time being. Sucks for him, though, because he was out for a fucking year with that knee injury. And he just came back mm. about a year ago. He's, he's only been back about a year, and he's going to be out for, I would say, at least another year. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, what was he, 33? So that's at, at what should be his peak... He's just that's his. That's King Kong Bundy WrestleMania two age. <laughs> God's sake! But that's like two out of three years on the 
sidelines injured during his peak years you know really really awful really really awful whatever you feel about like the Tommaso Ciampa run lately um ah so so terrible anyway so uh yeah we've had a, a few movers and shakers in the WWE world so Tommaso Ciampa's injured long term injury I mean obviously they're gonna vacate the NXT title and maybe I don't yeah. know, have a multi-man match at WrestleMania weekend or, or a tournament or something I don't know oh do a big tournament yeah um, well they're already doing a tag team tur- it, they're doing the Dusty Rhodes tournament currently they're, well they're doing Dusty Rhodes games this is a deadly game deadly we're game. playing with the hearts um, as I said so they're, they're already doing the Dusty Rhodes tag tournament now they're doing a cruiserweight tournament on 205 Live. They can't be having any more tournaments. They're already doing too many of them. They should do a double elimination round robbing tournament. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, or like a G1 uh, type thing. Could do. Speaking of Japan, Gallows and Anderson look like they're on the way out. Uh, oh, that's a shame. Reportedly turned down... Uh, offer of a new contract and the the belief is that they will be off uh upon the expiration of their current contracts uh not a huge loss i gotta say in terms of <laughs> their wwe tenure anyway yeah kind of aside from their brief run with aj as the club kind of background noise yeah Came in with a lot of fanfare, but never really used. Yeah, well, the secret is right for those who haven't been paying attention is that Luke Gallows is not very good, um, Ooh. and kind of weighs down the team. I think Kyle Anson is good, but mm. yeah, unfortunately, they just never kind of worked out for them. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to <laughs> come back to New Japan. I don't know whether they'll be looked down on for having left you know i I believe new japan were kind of notorious in the past anyway about people leaving them um yeah don't have to have a choice now though with all the competition yeah well maybe they'll give cody a call get into a well that's why i assumed aew as I, uh, of course, predicted in my uh, beginning of the year predictions. Ooh. I'm afraid to go to AEW. Then, L- looking like a point for you. Yeah, and then again, I also predicted Undertaker will be at WrestleMania, so I don't know if... Well, um, fast lane tonight, you don't know who's going to show up. Oh, there is... Oh, my God. I was listening to Wrestling Observer. And they were talking <laughs> about... Um, uh, the XFL mm. and how it why it all came about. I don't know if you kind of heard the story behind it, but apparently Dick, so Dick Ebersole's son wanted to launch this new football league, and so he went to Vince to buy the rights to the XFL name for some reason. I don't know why you'd want uh, to buy. It's kind of like when they bought the rights to TNA. Someone did. It's like why would you purchase a kind of yeah. brand that's actually has a negative reputation but anyway and that's why Vince kind of put together this whole new XFL thing because someone wanted to launch the league and he was like I'll do it 
Oh, they're even bigger and better, yes, bastards. But anyway, it turns, well, that's what they reported, is that they reached out to Colin Kaepernick with an offer. And that was one of my predict, my most ludicrous prediction at the start of the year, <laughs> was that XFL would try and sign Colin Kaepernick, and it's true, so I'm claiming a point for that. Didn't that yeah. other football league 2020. already die or something? Yeah, I think it didn't pay anyone <laughs> after the first week. So that's, that's gone, yeah. Right. So, um, so anyway. more light has come out on this Aaron Anderson story from the other week. Yeah. That apparently he was let go for letting Alicia Fox wrestle under the influence. In no condition to perform, I think. is TNA the, uh, under the influence. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that, wasn't that the old like power slam verbiage in no condition to perform <laughs> I miss power slam yeah it's power slam magazine and their their weird hatred of Chris Jericho <laughs> John Cena yeah oh, that's good I said I, I still have loads of issues at, uh, in my parents house I need to maybe go back and have a quick look through them yeah um so that's apparently what happened. Good that they're taking a much more serious stance on wrestling drunk that they used to, because that was, I believe, more, a lot more commonplace. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good, but why wasn't she also fired? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, she's the one who got drunk and was unable to perform. So, Well, I believe the- she's not been... Uh, around for a while so maybe she's on suspension or something mm, maybe or maybe she's in rehab I mean oh, I'm yeah. sure WWE can't comment publicly on those kind of things anyway so mm. um, and then speaking of live events a few debuts on the old NXT live events lately ACH and Jonah Rock have both shown up using their real names um, and Trevor Lee also debuted uh, the other week. Uh, oh, I'm after googling ACH, uh, and the first result is a Wikipedia entry for automated clearinghouse. <laughs> Acute chronic uh, hepatitis. <laughs> oh dear! Oh man, ACH. I never knew what ACH stood for, but it is his initials. Albert Christian Hardy. Are you doing the David Brent dance? What's, what is that? <laughs> I never noticed that David, the David Brent song is the Hardy Boys music. Yeah, it's weird. One of those. Ah, he is. He is a closet Hardy Boy fan. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> we um, we need someone to edit Hardy Boys entrance with David Brent singing up. <laughs> Um, (laughs) right so i've uh watched a couple of weeks of nxt tv Ooh, i'm still one behind i haven't watched the most recent episode yet with the the kickoff of the dusty roads classic but I watched an episode which had a damn good match between Velveteen Dream and Johnny Gargano for the North American title, which was won by the Velveteen Dream, which was a, a, a funny one for me, right? Mm. Now, now, this is true, right? I 
You know the way sometimes you you hear something online, and so it's it's kind of spoiled for you, right? I went into this match thinking that I'd been spoiled, but actually I hadn't been. And so when Velveteen Dream won, I was like confused because I was like, was the foot on the rope or something? Because because I having seen Johnny Gargano on Raw or SmackDown, I saw him like. Uh, photos or whatever because I don't I don't watch Raw mm. or Smackdown or even the clips of it but I saw photos of him on Raw or Smackdown with like the belt and so mm. I was thinking oh this has been taped ages ago so obviously Gargano wins and so mm. when he didn't win I would ca- kind of ca- caught me off guard <laughs> but it's a very good match uh, also a uh, great Roderick Strong Alistair Black match on that episode doing bloody good um so two excellent matches there. And then on the second episode I watched, had a, an absolute banger of a match between Keith Lee and Dominic Djakovic, uh, which was bloody good. Ended with a double count out, which probably means we're going to see more of that maybe at a takeover. But that match was mm-hmm. extremely good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to have a, mm. A takeover uh, show the day before WrestleMania, which I probably will stay up and watch, even if I'm not going to watch WrestleMania itself. Yeah, that'll be on the Saturday, won't it? That would be on the Friday. It's on the Friday this year. I think they're doing okay, the Hall I'll of Fame. Probably won't stay. I just watch that in the morning after. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they have any matches built for a card yet. Obviously, they'll have the Dusty Rhodes tournament final. <laughs> I think, but apart from that, I don't see anything built yet. Um. So yeah, I'm going to hopefully watch uh, the last week's episode and the coming episode some point this mm. week, so I should be all caught up by the end of the week. Um, we then have OTT Scrapper Mania coming up this week, so Barry's obviously not here to help me run it down, but let me just talk for a second about it. You're, you're going to have to sit in for Barry here, Joe. Do your first OTT. Uh, okay. With, with, with uh, okay. <laughs> that is very disrespectful but also quite a good impression so I'm going to allow it uh, yep <laughs> right so uh, some quite odd announce- announcements for the show I think it's quite a weird show um, in that it's Scrapper Mania we're not getting our like Kenny Omega or our you know, Minoru Suzuki that we're used to. We do have a Jushin Liger match, though, which is quite something. Yeah. Jushin Liger, Sky Davis. Jushin Liger, who, by the way, we didn't announce in our news roundup, but who is retiring this year, finally. I know. that's So, We Michelle and I were actually thinking about coming over mm. uh, to Dublin for Scrapper Mania next weekend. Uh, I was having a little look at the, the prices and everything. Well, it's and, it's uh, St. Patrick's yeah, weekend, no, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a Monday weekend, so the flights are about four times the price. Yeah. And obviously the Airbnbs are all yeah, really expensive, so it would have been about 800 quid for, for the weekend by yeah. the time we pay for food and tickets and everything. So we are actually going, actually this is some life guff, we're going to uh, Amsterdam next weekend instead. Ooh, that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> which is half the price of coming to Dublin, so don't yeah. Don't be smoking the weeders, though. Four twenty, damn. If I got any wrestling on there, maybe I'll just check that out. I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, that would be good. I, I'm, of course, going to Scrap Mania, so I'll, yeah. I'll watch it on behalf of you. Um, well, yeah, that was the thing. So Jushin Liger, um, when I found out he was retiring, yeah, he, is, he was one of my, my big favorites from kind of early 90s WCW. Um, one of the people I'd really love to see live. So I'm hoping he does a couple of UK dates in the next year. Yeah. I'll try and go to one of them. Um, so Jushin Liger, Sky Davis. That'd be very good. Sky Davis, of course, got given mm. given the match, basically, by Will Ospreay. He's one of um, the guys who wrestles for Ospreay's frontline wrestling promotion. Uh, so obviously that was organized with uh, Ospreay's involvement. Uh, you have, of course, the big payoff to this months-on-months uh, story between Walter and Devlin. They're going to have their rematch for the world title finally, so that should be a banger. Um, also, first time me seeing Ray Orus, the wrestler known as El Dragon Esteca Jr. in Lucha mm. Underground. He's going to be there uh, in a four-way tag match against Aussie Open, who are great. Besties in the world and the lads from the flats. He's teaming with Angelico, who's uh He's fine. Um, more than hype. The young Irish team are going to go against the Rapture: Zach Gibson, Charlie Sterling, and Shaw Samuels. I haven't seen Charlie. I haven't seen uh, excuse me, Zach Gibson in a very long time. So I hope he gets a ten-minute promo because that's what he's great at. Yeah. Uh, Raven Creed is going to be against Debbie Cattell for the women's title. I'm kind of hoping that Debbie Cattell wins because I think she's actually very good, and I think Raven Creed is uh, only okay. Um, then here's a weird one for you, right? Uh, the Angel Cruisers, who are like an Irish comedy duo, are going mm. to be against Justy and Team Prick and Sammy D. Now, Team Prick are kind of the young boys security team that were with Angel Cruisers in the past. Uh, so they, they put a little video up on their Twitter this week that they're making the match, right? Angel Cruisers against Justy mm. and his team, right? And in kind of what was a non sequitur, uh, Angel Cruz goes, oh no, I've got a partner for us, right? And it's the fucking Hurricane. What? Hurricane Helms. <laughs> I don't know why or what? how, the Hurricane is going to be on it. Oh my god. A really weird match, but okay, whatever. Uh, Dan Barry against David Starr. That should be quite good. And then the last time ever... And actually, actually is being built as a loser leaves town match. The fucking balls of this company. Uh, Long time mainstays and tag team champions, the Kings of the North versus what is almost certainly the last ever appearance of British strong style because they're already fucking signed to WWE and they don't do indies anymore. Uh, Mm. So that should be a very good match. Good to see Pete Dunne again and the boys. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. And that's your character. That's your character. Wonder who will win. Wonder who will win that one. Eh. We'll Probably see. If. We'll see. Maybe they'll swerve. Possibly. Possibly. But then every yeah. time in my head that I've thought to myself, maybe they'll swerve, uh, what they often do is don't swerve. So. <laughs> Ooh, double swerve. Mm, they mm. swerve the swerve. Very clever. So we'll very see. Clever, very clever. Very clever. Uh, so a, a quite an odd card, but you know, I think ultimately a good one. Mm. And. Uh, yeah, I'll have have my little buds in beforehand, and we'll enjoy it. Mm, and then mm. finally, to close off the show, Joe, 
little show tonight called WWF Fast Lane. Oh yeah. We're in the fast lane. We're in the fast lane now. So let me run down the card for you, and you give me your thumbs Go up, then. thumbs down, right? Go on, uh, on the pre-show, you have the New Day, Big E and Xavier Woods, mm. against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Sounds promising. Uh, strange tag pairing, Nakamura and Rusev. Strange mm. bedfellows. Well, both foreign in that. Uh, yeah, I see what you've done. Both sneaky foreigners. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, got it, got it. Um, okay, that could be good. Then, it, also on the pre-show, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. Ah, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. That should be really good. Like them. Yeah. yeah. It's good. good pre-show. I think that uh, nearly all the matches here I'm seeing are actually look quite good. Um, moving on to the show proper, you have The Revival the Raw Tag Team Champions, defending in a triple threat match against former champions Chad Gable and Bubba Roo. And Um, the team of Alistair Black and Ricochet. Oh. I don't know what to make of that one. That could have some real NXT vibes to it. Yeah. If if they're given... I mean, no pun intended, but it is kind of an NXT revival match. E. Yeah, that could be good. It could be good. You have Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Obviously, if Lynch uh, wins, she'll be just, added to the yeah. Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 35, even though she already won the Royal Rumble for it. But whatever. You that have... Really good. That should be good. Should be really good. You have The yeah. Shield for the last oh, time. Well, I'm, hang on. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. She- on. I can only assume the next part of what you're going to say... It's going to be equally good as the Shield Reunion. Right, uh, you have the on. Shield, right, against <coughs> yep. Drew McIntyre, hmm? uh, Bobby Lashley, Larry mm. Harvin. Mm. Harvin. Right, mm. moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for the Women's Smackdown Championship, you have Asuka defending against Mandy Rose. I mean, that'll be the test of whether Mandy Rose is any fucking good or not, won't it? <laughs> Give her a chance. See how she does. If she does good, good. If she doesn't, yeah. maybe she should have wrestled on NXT once or twice. I don't know. Um, yeah. Speaking of, Joe, we just talked about The Shield versus Drew McIntyre. Then you have the WA, the women's, the WA, what am I talking about? The women's tag team titles. You have Bailey and Sasha Banks. Mm. Or Nia Jackson to me. Right? Then we have... I think that could be alright. If they just get the heat on Bailey, cut well, the ring off. I mean, that's what they're going to do, though. Yeah, but if they... Well, I was going to say if they execute it well. But. Well, look, Tamina... Whatever about being a big girl, right? That's fine. Big girls don't cry. But Tamina is just the utter shits. I'm sorry. She's just <laughs> not good at anything. Nia Jax, to an extent, but less so. <laughs> to an extent, but less. <laughs> they, they're, they're, they're just bad. They're not good. They aren't yeah. good. Yeah. They are not good. So, yeah, that, you know, it'll be a classic. The old, the old tag team psychology of 
they they they'll they'll be on Bailey forever. Sasha get the old hot tag, and they'll mm. do, do, do the old the old <laughs> double team with the do and get the pin. Happy days. Um, WWE title: Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. Um, yeah, I was, I'm gonna say that's that's not gonna be good. Actually, I think a big average. Yeah, and then your main event of the evening for the SmackDown tag team titles: the Usos, who are the champs, against the Miz and Shane McMahon. Oh, oh, oh! Why? <laughs> Remember Shane McMahon made that noise when he got beat up that one time. <laughs> Who, what, how, who was it? Who hit him that one time? He's going. Oh, oh God. Uh, Kevin Owens? Maybe Kevin Owens. Who? Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens? I think it was. I think you're right. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 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 <laughs> Tremendous. Well, that should be great. That should be great. That should be great. Well, he is the best wrestler in the world, as per the World Cup. So there you go. There's all the news for this week. Let me just do a quick check. Make sure no one has died. No, we look okay. Yeah, looking fine. Um, well, I guess that's it for this week, Paul. Uh, thank you for joining me. Another right. wonderful you're, show. You're Informative. Very well. Informative, funny, uh, light-hearted banter. That's yeah. what we're bringing here every week on the Cheshire Podcast. Yeah. We've been doing that for 427 episodes. Yeah. Uh, and we're not going to stop delivering that now. All right? So that's yeah. what you're getting. Um, so if you want to follow us uh, on the social media, you've got Cheshire at Cheshire Pod, which I never tweet from. So don't expect too much from that. Until WrestleMania season, in which I'll start tweeting. Very good. Um, Paul Griffin, CSP, at Paul Griffin CSP. That's me. It's a Twitter. Send him some more documentary uh, recommendations. Yeah, I have like, I have downloaded already. Um, what's it called? Uh, the abduction one. Oh, okay, abducted in plain the sight. The Netflix one. What's that? What's it called? Abducted in plain sight. Abducted. Yeah, abducted in plain sight. I have that. I have. Let me have a look at my Netflix here. Uh, I have downloaded. I have Wiener as well. Which is recommended. Oh, I love Wiener. That's, I mean, that's don't, no one edit that. <laughs> I'm ducked in place. Uh, uh, we've had an ongoing in-joke here at uh, Griffin Towers that <laughs> every documentary on Netflix is called some variation of uh, abducted by a murderer, murdered by an abductor, <laughs> killed by a murderer. They all seem to just be fucking that. <laughs> Murderous abduction. The abduction murders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also have a few that weren't recommended to me, but that I sought out myself. Uh, Free Solo, which obviously was Oscar winning just this year. Minding the Gap, which I believe is supposed to be very good as well. So I'll have more movie reviews, TV reviews, video game reviews, life reviews, wrestling reviews next week. Woo! Um, yeah, so follow us. We'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, till next week, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from Paulie Griff Boys. Goodbye.